take it rough. What's going on? You're listening to the Roundup Podcast. As usual, I'm James Aonicki, and with me is Nick Bianco and Victor Marte. Make sure to check us out on, uh, on SoundCloud and iTunes. Today, we have uh, our favorite guest in the studio with us, <laughs> Professor Bob Search. Thank you. The Thank conversation's you already been flowing. Yes, yes. Uh, I was, uh, well, first, my apologies for screwing up two weeks ago. Oh, no, that's, uh, that was, that's on us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering what to talk about tonight, and uh, I've been teaching uh, an astronomy course for this mm-hmm. past mm-hmm. semester, and the two biggest topics in my class right now are something called gravitational waves, which will tie together eventually the unified field theory, but the other big thing that's, that we've talked about is the possibility of life out there. And um, always the, the great topic. Yeah, did, did you see yeah. that, the, the article about like the cannonball on Mars? No. I think it came out yesterday, actually. Oh, they found all kinds. Yeah. There's a sphinx on Mars. Yeah, <laughs> there's like a, a, a perfect sphere on yeah. Mars. Like really? just They don't know what kind of material it is, but it's just like a perfect ball. Like literally a perfect yeah. sphere. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. Well, they've done that in the Outer Limits. There was an Outer Limits episode where they found perfect spheres on the moon. What would that mean? And Well, they brought, they brought the perfect spheres down. And during the flight back, the, all the astronauts died because they caught this horrible disease and <laughs> that crash-landed crash somewhere in the south. And the, uh, the, um, the balls opened up and formed these plants that kept growing and growing and growing and growing. <laughs> <laughs> and the only thing that stopped them eventually at the end was rain. There were, That's the, what ended up yeah, killing yeah, them? Yeah. yeah, that was uh, one of the classic... Outer limits. I won't even go into the outer limits, uh, but I, we were talking about the possibility of life in, mm-hmm. out there, and I was thinking, how has it been depicted by us? It's been depicted yeah. by us from the beginning of civilization. All right, you're, the, you were talking, yeah, life the, on the moon, the sun. Where you know, uh, uh, as far as ancient civilizations mm-hmm. are concerned, they were all gods. They were all deities. All right, so it's always been. In the human imagination, and yeah. it's would be probably uh, be almost mathematically impossible for Earth to be the only place in the universe mm-hmm. where there is intelligent life like us. And it's crazy, like when you actually like look back at it. And I, again, I'm not someone who actually goes on who watches ancient aliens like religiously. I, I, I've caught like <laughs> yeah, Bianca. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I love yeah. That Bianca show. loves that show. <laughs> I've caught glimpse of, glimpse here and there, and uh, one of the craziest things that always comes back that I always go back to is the fact that like these civilizations always have like these weird hieroglyphics or something for like an object that comes from space. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can look at the the uh, you've got the that's hieroglyphics. What, that's what ancient aliens is all about, Victor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally every episode. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> hieroglyphics from Egypt and cuneiform writing from yeah. the Babylonians. The Babylonians oh. uh, that they had to be aliens. Yeah, they, <laughs> they had a base sixty system. I, they had. Oh yeah, you were telling yeah. us about that. And yeah. I actually have something I want to ask you. Yeah. Um, one of my grandfather's friends is Hungarian, yeah. and uh, he's a really really smart guy, and he he's from Hungary, and he claims. That the reason why people from Hungary are so smart is because they're the closest to extraterrestrial life. How was that? Uh, it, I, it, he just said that's what everyone there. It's believes. like an inside yeah, like, joke. How, like the, yeah, yeah, like how yeah. It, like extraterrestrial life like passes on their knowledge to the Hungarian <laughs> the people Hungarians, because they, yeah. they have like a Aliens. a barrier where they're close. He but he like he's a he's not like a Scientologist yeah. or anything, but mm-hmm. he really believes that he got his knowledge from 
a higher power being. Yeah, that's quite possible. Yeah. Have you heard anything like that? Uh, not with respect to Hungarians, but I've I've heard you know yeah. you know similar stuff. Um, I I really think you know because it's it's always a question mm-hmm. of whether or not there are aliens among us now. Yeah. Whether yeah, or not like there have been aliens in the past. Um, I, I personally think that if we ever get visited mm-hmm. by aliens, we're going to know it. It's going to be like, have you guys ever seen either version of The Day the Earth Stood Still? Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm thinking the, the early black and white version back in 1951. Uh, Michael Rennie was clad mm-hmm. too. And um, the opening of that movie it's immediate. I mean, people around the world, if they see yeah. the flying saucer, it flies over China and India, and finally it lands on a baseball field in Washington, D.C. So everyone knows about it. Mm-hmm. I personally think that if we it, get visited upon by aliens, it's going to be something, be something yeah. like that. And it's crazy also when you think about this is that, I don't know if you guys are aware, there's, um, in, in it's common knowledge in history books now that uh, in the Mediterranean and like especially ancient in Egypt, they were uh, they were sort of terrorized by like this ancient civilization called the Sea People, where people still, where historians actually don't even, still still to this date don't even know where they came from. All they know is that they would attack uh, civilization or cities by, near the coast from the sea, and there's been no trace of finding any forms. Oh, so let's, let's clarify. This. So you're saying that there were hieroglyphics that would say. There were quote air quotes sea people who would were repeatedly attacking. Yeah. Are yeah. you are you talking about uh, Atlantis? <laughs> That's like the closest thing I could I can imagine that it could be. Yeah, I had one of my former students. I hope I don't get into trouble by by saying this. Uh, way back in 1975, mm-hmm. uh, the student had had uh, he, he graduated from the school that I teach in and. Uh, we all wound up, uh, I was pretty close to my students back mm-hmm. then, and we wound up in Seaside Heights, and they were all staying at this, uh, at, at, at a house. They rented mm-hmm. a house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that no longer happens because the houses would always get trashed. <laughs> 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 so they invited me to stay over one night. So I was there one night. We were all, mm-hmm. the next morning, we were all uh, wrecked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're on the beach, and this former student of mine uh, starts um, hallucinating. He starts say, right. saying, "We better watch out." There was a baby crying on a blanket, and he goes, you, 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 "They got to stop the baby from you know the the, 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 Yucat- the Yucatans are going to come and get her." <laughs> <laughs> so I said, "I said, what the heck is a Yucatan?" And he goes, "Well, they're just like normal people." You know, this is going uh, on except like... that they have gills and they have two extra teeth, one under each armpit, and they have fishtails growing out their backs. What? <laughs> That's so nuts. Is this a student? It was it was it was spontaneous creation of the of the of the, yeah, the, uh, of, the of the wrecked mind. Yeah, and, that's uh, insane. And and he uh, he he, he <laughs> created this little civilization of creatures called yeah. Yucatans. <laughs> That's funny. Oh man, it's um, crazy what what the human mind can uh, can think of when let loose. Yeah. yeah, you know I um, you know well getting back on the extraterrestrial. Yeah. Now, oh yeah. Um, you know, I know I've asked you this before, but you know, popular belief or at least the way it's depicted in, in movies and things, it's like aliens would come down and, and they would attack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there 
is that do you, do you believe that's how it would happen? Is does science? You know, what I, mean? you know you, I don't know if I'm phrasing this right. Um, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Like, would they I, be aggressive? Um, it is quite possible because uh, I use the analogy in my astronomy class. If you are at the edge of the woods and you start yelling into the woods, who knows what's going to happen? Who's going to answer your call? Mm-hmm. You know, it could be it could be a cat. Or it yeah. could be something far worse, yeah. uh, and that's what we're doing right now. We're mm-hmm. we're we're out there. We've we've had eighty years of television broadcasts mm-hmm. that are all out there somewhere, and then sooner or later, some something's going to. Yeah. Uh, we're going to register somewhere. I think we're still in a very very remote corner of our own galaxy. Yeah. So you're saying um, there were there were broadcasts that were sent out into space? Oh yeah, uh, uh, Ralph Cramden. Is uh, the, he was uh, he was the man from space in 1955, and he's out there somewhere. Yeah. And uh, s- sooner or later, some sophisticated civilization is going to pick up that TV broadcast. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and sooner or later, we might very well pick up similar yeah. broadcasts from other worlds. It's possible. Now, uh, have you ever heard of the star-seeded uh, theory? That we come from stars. Yeah. Oh yeah, well that's that's actually that's known, a right? fact. Yeah, all of known. all of the elements, I mean the the elements on Earth, are uh, what every all the other stars, mm-hmm. and at least with the exception yeah. of dark matter, we have no idea what dark matter. No, is. but uh, the theory that I'm talking about is uh, that um, it, it's a weird one that I've actually heard and, and it's been discussed a lot a lot on the internet is um, that. Humanity was actually not like we're not really natives from Earth, but we were brought here um, from a different from a different area. Not the base. Yeah, that's of the, uh, the the that's actually the premise of all of most of the alien movies. Really, that that we that we're seeds from somewhere else, mm-hmm. and who knows? Uh, it, it's uh, I can I can neither prove nor disprove yeah. something like that. Um, but uh, I was uh, it, yeah I think the day the Earth stood still. Was and and even even the uh, the Keanu Reeves remake mm. in two thousand three that was uh, uh, that was almost universally trashed but that's actually very good and 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 if you're gonna get what was that, that was about aliens oh yeah I didn't know that I thought yeah. it was just about the planet just like for no, some reason you're thinking of uh, the the day after, after tomorrow, tomorrow. the day after tomorrow of. that's yeah, that's okay. when New York gets that's what I was <laughs> 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 that movie was yeah. just ridiculous oh I know. No, but the day the Earth stood still uh, was remade in two thousand three, uh, and uh, the alien was uh, in the original movie was was Michael Rennie. He played this guy called Klaatu, mm-hmm. and he had this giant robot named Gort, and uh, and in the he winds up getting shot, and uh, um, and he he warns. The people of Earth before he leaves, he finally he somehow gets revived, and before he leaves, mm-hmm. he said, uh, "If you continue your atomic experiments, uh, these uh, the robots uh, are going to come and destroy the Earth yeah. because mm-hmm. we we don't want you guys interfering outside of your own world." And uh, the, the remake was was similar to that, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, for my money, you uh, if you're going to get somebody to play. An alien that looks like a human, uh, you could find very few people better, more suited to that role than Keanu Reeves. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, like, have you seen John Travolta recently? Oh, oh, he yeah. he oh, is God. an alien. No, no, yeah. oh, my he God. looks mm-hmm. creepy. Speaking of Keanu Reeves, have you guys ever seen 
Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, yeah. It's a classic. <laughs> yeah. You can't go wrong with that. <laughs> what, what is that about? It's like, oh, it, you explain it, it. It's, I don't hear your explanation of the movie. Bill and Ted uh, are, are complete. Uh, they are the equivalent of Beefus and Buckhead. Yeah. It's yeah. like, um, they, what's his name from Fast Times at uh, Ridgemont High? Spicoli. Oh, yeah, Spicoli. Like Spicoli. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. Spicoli. Yeah, exactly. Two yeah. Spicoli. And uh, these guys have to have to finish their history, uh, history project. Yeah. yeah. And awesome. uh, you've never seen this. Movie. And in the future, 300 years in the future, uh, Bill and Ted have become icons, much uh, to their, uh, they, they have no idea, but mm-hmm. they've become icons in a future society. And George Carlin comes from the future and he gets in his telephone booth and he comes back, zaps back because he wants to uh, meet him. Uh, res- he wants to meet Bill and Ted. Yeah. And so he has a, he, so is this um this telephone booth is a time machine so they can mm-hmm. go back and forth any time period they want. <laughs> <laughs> so they decide they're gonna, comedy, they right? go back yeah, they get yeah, Napoleon yeah. they get mm-hmm. Abraham that they, they, they get Abraham Lincoln I'm yeah sorry, they did yeah. yeah and yeah. it was like it was they, they, they like interviewed these people to like get the facts for their school project <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why they did it yeah and and Ted, so funny I I'm not sure Keanu Reeves he was either Bill or Ted I think I think uh, he, he was, was Bill. yeah I think he was Bill Bill. How old was he in that? Like, how long like, ago? That was 1989. Yeah. He might have been like 18, 20. It was yeah. a great time for yeah. movies. And yeah. he he would refer, he he, uh, he t- starts talking about people. Yeah, we've seen we've seen Lincoln and Napoleon and Socratic Method. Socratic Method, mm-hmm. to him, was an actual person. <laughs> 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 that, that movie was hilarious. Why, why sci-fi? What got you into sci-fi in particular? Because you, you know, for anyone listening, as you can, if you haven't been able to tell already, you know, Professor Bob Search is perhaps the biggest sci-fi fan I think I've ever met. <laughs> yeah. And I was just curious, what got what, what got you into sci-fi in Actually, particular? Okay, when I was a kid, uh, and again, I grew up in the fifties, mm-hmm. and that was a wonderful era to grow up in, to be a kid in, because they had in the nineteen fifties they had. I could I could name a dozen flicks because uh, I, I I guess I have an active imagination. Mm-hmm. So you throw flicks like um, I can remember doing the uh, the day the earth stood. Well, the day the earth stood still was kind of a little bit above my yeah. intellectual. Yeah. But I yeah. but uh, there were things like the beast from twenty thousand fathoms. Um, it came from beneath the sea. Then yeah. of course yeah. Godzilla. I think and. Uh, I I, I grew up inundated in that thing, and yeah. I and I also for some reason, I've always loved astronomy. Yeah, uh, you love math too. You're, I think you're, you got your degree in math, right? Yeah, I got my degree in math. Yeah. Notre and Dame, right? From Notre yeah. Dame. Yes. Yeah. I think one of the most Go important Irish. things that uh, hell yeah, <laughs> one of the most important things that uh, that maybe provides more detail with your answer is that science fiction, it. It opens a realm of possibilities that normal people don't ever want to think about and just lets your brain just run wild and just think of all these like crazy things like oh, yeah. who, imagining the story of like um of the eye of the beholder 20,000 night the nightmare from 20,000 feet in yeah. the air and it's just just imagining all these possibilities. Vic, you just butchered those titles. Oh, I know. I, I can tell I Professor Serge is butchering those titles. <laughs> yeah. I I, I I've butchered many a title in my yeah. head. <laughs> yeah. um, do you read at all? Oh my god, I grew up reading. What do you ever yeah, read? Um... I, I want to ask you about that after when you're done. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, you go. Well, no, I just want to. I want to ask you about like the the culture change through your your lifetime because you've seen like everything. 
like radio, well, television. Seen a tough times of America. You've seen it. Yeah. Well, uh, I like I, things I, that we learn about that never got to like, you know, hear about. Yeah. Well, I grew up uh, in the 1950s. We had things called encyclopedias, mm-hmm. and there were actual, and that that was the absolute truth from yeah. encyclopedias. Yeah. And one of the big problems that people my age are dealing with now, and uh, that we have to accept, is the fact that. We now have Wikipedia. Mm, yeah. Anything can be looked up in Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. But the, the the problem that we all have to grapple with is that, unfortunately, uh, a lot of what's on Wikipedia isn't actually mm. true. true. Yeah, yeah and, and that's uh, well, that was one of the things back when we had encyclopedias in the 50s. It was rigid. Every, you, you, could, you could count on everything in an encyclopedia being the absolute truth. Yeah. And, and things are so different now that you know it's 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 uh, um, and and I'm not saying what's going on now is necessarily wrong or anything like that, but it's uh, it, it's something yeah. that uh, I I didn't grow up when I when I grew up. Um, we we didn't have these yeah, things. Yeah. We had telephones. Mm-hmm. You know, we, yeah. we had to. You know, we had to. We had to communicate by telephones, and we had uh, uh, a TV was 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 brand prim- new. primitive yeah. in mm-hmm. comparison to what we have now. Um, and uh, it's and I, I I feel for you. I feel for you guys because you you guys are are dealing with s- such a different environment than what. <laughs> I grew up in it when I grew up things were um, there literally was not enough because I, I always take um, uh, pride in uh, the fact that I can do trigonometry and stuff like mm-hmm. that without relying Usually. on a calculator yeah. okay yeah. but the only reason why I can do that is because back when I was learning it there were no calculators yeah. and so we had to do it that way uh, uh, you people are dealing with uh, a far, far different set of circumstances mm-hmm. than I ever dealt with, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. And uh, um, it's uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm thankful for the way I, I, I grew up in. Yeah. Wait, wait, you know? With that being said, um, like, because my neighbor who's around your age and he's like a college-educated guy, like yeah. you, and like not many people even went to college then. Um, he always says that like. I'm not getting a higher education because, like, these tools are, like, holding me back in a way, like, uh, compared to the education that he got. Because, like, what you said, he had, to, he had to figure out how to do everything on his own. Like, there was no internet calculators. Like, you had to, like, you had to teach yourself or else if you, if you couldn't keep up with everyone else, you, were, you failed. You were done. Yeah. Well, uh, back in the 1950s, uh, the same... All the, it, it, when you had that same gap in the 1950s, yeah. it was people telling the kids that they're watching too much television, mm-hmm. and the new environment is uh, they have to, they have to. You know, we didn't have TV back in the 1920s and 30s, and so we had yeah. to rely on. And now you got, you know, so the more things changed, the more they stayed the same. Yeah, you know, and and the stuff uh, you you guys. Have to deal, and I, I, I'm sorry, I'm referring to you guys. No, no, no. You guys, no, no, but no, there's no, an obvious age difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, you, you guys have to deal with the environment that you live in, and mm-hmm. you have to find your find your best ways of dealing with it, yeah. just like we did. 
I do, I do think times are, you know, because I've been saying this for a while, and I, I, I do actually think, and I think it's naive for some people to think otherwise, that it's going to be to a point where we're going to be, okay, like, we're so damn relying on, the, on like, phones and things like that. Well, like, like if you, other, have you ever heard of Elon Musk? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. One of the big things that I, I read recently, Elon Musk wrote an article about the regulation of uh, – of artificial intelligence. Yes. And he said, he says there's a very big danger that at some time we may become too reliant on, mm-hmm. on artificial crazy. intelligence. And one of the things he's, yeah. one of the things he's actually taking a step forward is putting more research uh, and more investment into uh, sort of mending that, br- the get, the bridge between humanity and AI where he's uh, putting more time into researching, being able to put a computer chip or yeah. installing an AI into the human brain. Yeah. So we're not so so we're not servants to an AI, but we can still compete with an a, with AIs. Yeah. But then that makes us like part. I don't know. That's yeah. I yeah. Think well, about. I think he has. A, a, he has a, a uh, he basically has a, has a has a big fear that uh, the premise of the Terminator might come into yeah. reality. Yeah. Well, yeah, because did you, have you seen? He posted a video. Um, it's like a robot. That's doing. It's like jumping. It can do a backflip. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one. Um, and what he was saying was, in two years from now, it'll it, that robot's going to be able to move so fast, fast that we're not going to be able clarify. to see it with our eyes. Oh, Just yeah. clarify quick with that robot. All right. So the robot is basically like, um, it, it's it's a motor pretty much, and it has two legs and two arms, and it stands upright. Developed by MIT, was it or something? Uh, I have no idea. I think uh, a college or a researching maybe Na- it might be NASA's honestly. Okay. But this robot can do. All human things, like you could push it over, it can stand up on its own, it can open doors, it can, it can, yeah. it has perfect balance. So like it can, so say like a log, yeah, it can jump from log to log to log. So it's like, but and better it can, than yeah, and it can like jump and do a perfect one eighty and land in the same spot. Yeah, yeah. So it'll, it has like great balance. Well, you know what you have to, what you have to really worry about is, uh, um, if you ever in reality start hearing the uh, word Skynet. Then we're in big <laughs> <laughs> well, I even think like what I was referring to, not even on like the grand scale of things. I think like even if you're in a crowd of people, and, and I don't do this to try to sound like a hipster or anything like yeah. that, but if you're in a crowd of people and you take ten steps back and you look, not a single, maybe ten percent of those people are actually looking around. Like everyone's just bent over looking at their phones, and, I, and like people are actually having mm-hmm. eye problems. People are like, you know, their necks are getting really stiff. Like there's actually physical medical things that you know, are concerns that are being brought I, up. I don't know why this this makes me think of this, but uh, a couple of years ago, my wife and I went to uh, uh, one of our nieces got married, and uh, it was in the summer. It was down at Red Bank somewhere. And we were in this big uh, hotel, uh, and it was really hot, but they had an indoor swimming pool. And um, uh, there was a post-reception. Everybody, everyone got in their bathing suits and yeah, we yeah, were pool. doing the pool. Mm-hmm. And uh, Uncle Bob was relegated, uh, <laughs> namely me. Uh, <laughs> we had, we'd run out of beer. So Uncle Bob went and got a couple of cases of beer and brought it back, you know. Mm-hmm. And Being the, be- the good uncle the, he is. The, the, <laughs> the beautiful thing about it was that there were these, uh, there had to be like maybe 20 people. And I think it was all, it was all of Lisa, our, our, our niece Lisa's friends, mm-hmm. all either college age or just postgraduate. They were all 
in the pool. They were all, you know, having fun, and none of them had these. Yeah. yeah. It was it was one of the few times, and everyone was having a great time. No one, you, you couldn't you couldn't bring these things into pools. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so uh, just as an, an addition, I I had them um, since uh, I was in possession of the beer. Um, I had them all uh, bark like seals. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like, I just think, you know, and a lot of time when people say these things, at least people in, in, in our generation, yeah. you know, everyone goes, oh, man, you're just, you're just being a hipster. Like, you're just, it's not, I, it's completely naive to think that these things aren't, don't ha- there aren't negatives to them, you know. And I, when I say these things, I mean the smartphones, because mm-hmm. it's pretty bad. And I'm not saying I'm like, you know, oblivious. I mean, that mm-hmm. I, I myself am... am you know, there were times where, yeah, I'm on yeah. my phone, but like, you know, but one of my, I uh, think it's it's pretty crazy these days. And one I of think my favorite video games of all time is called Deus Ex Human Revolution, and it's a game that talks about like the problem with technology, and it, but it mainly focuses how much uh, human augmentation replacing body <laughs> like parts with cybernetics, yeah. and um, and one of the things that like it it gives you the options of three three endings, and one of the endings uh, that you get to choose it discusses this one important it says this very memorable quote is that einstein once said technology is like giving uh an axe to a, a psychological uh, sociopath or no a psychopath and it's just insane like how it how just hearing that quote and just realizing the world that we live in today how how true that quote is becoming day in and day out yeah yeah and- well there have to be you know there's going to be a, a some at some time in the future there's going to be some way. It happened in the very early 60s, mm-hmm. okay, because both the United States and Russia had developed atomic weapons mm-hmm. to the place where we could, where either side could conceivably had, could conceivably have completely annihilated the other side. Yeah. And we realized mm-hmm. back then, and in particular, I was a sophomore in high school when the Cuban Missile Crisis occurred, what were you telling us about and that? we yeah, actually thought that World War III was going to occur and that it was going to be an atomic war. Yeah, and um, that was a big enough scare eventually, so that we eventually scaled back on atomic weapons. Yeah, and I I think a similar thing is going to happen with respect to all of these yeah. gadgets that we have you see we're that gonna, happening we're going to we're going to reach a point where we we're going to have to just put things in i i won't say stop using these things but but use them in a state where they won't uh take over our lives yeah mm-hmm. i mean you know i i have a fear of becoming way too dependent yeah. on these yeah things. same and i you know you can't even buy flip phones anymore yeah. Not that people, you know, everyone wants a, not that anyone would want that, but mm-hmm. you can't even buy them anymore. I've, mm-hmm. I've looked before, yeah. and it's like they're completely. Oh yeah, it's your phone. That's, that's um, speaking of phones, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, no, one thing I wanted to say uh, before we went off on the rant about phones, but it is about phones. Um, oh, I can't think of his name. Steve Jobs. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. And yeah. and he he this is this is my theory. So I I was actually just talking about this to my brother today, like Bitcoin. So Bitcoin's new and popular, right? But yeah. there's no regulations for it. No. And once there's a regulation for something, like that's when it can get out of control, like oil, for example. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I think with the iPhone, you, you can take the phone if you want. I mean, we um because this mm-hmm. isn't live, so we can edit this. Okay. Um, okay. So what I was saying was, 
like you could you could have like these these cell phones right like Steve Jobs had a cell phone and he he was probably thinking like how can I make this the best I possibly can and the iPhone came out whatever like years after Steve Jobs probably owned actually owned a cell phone yeah. but like my theory is like he knew what he was doing he knew like he's passed but like that he created this iPhone like and the 10 the new one that's out yeah I I 100% believe that that was his design because after as weird as it sounds but after being in an actress and like making something on my mm -hmm. own like when you make something you know what the the best version of it's gonna be, but you release the yeah. worst one so that it can get better. Makes sense. Makes so a like, lot of sense. and like you you can see it with the iPhones, like they, they keep improving. Yeah, and they yeah. and you know they they like poop out easily. They yeah. like, you know, and I I just really like believe that about like he had a higher vision behind the cell phone in general because like he had a whole yeah like a plan. This I. As much as, like, you want to go back and, like, do the argument, Steve Jobs or Wozniak, and, like, just say, like... I'm not saying they're bad people. No, I'm saying that they they know yeah, they knew yeah, that yeah. how powerful the cell phone was. Like, the, you know what I mean? Like, someone knew that television was so powerful. that like, They knew that this trains, was, like, the next yeah. big thing besides yeah. the internet. But this is, like, I wanted to say. Like, yeah. As much as, like, you want to say, like, Steve, like, to have this argument over Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak... Because Steve Jobs, for our listeners who don't know, he never truly was the coder or the brains behind, the, like the Macintosh or a lot of the things created Apple. The he was just like the, he was just like the planet. He was the visionary. Yeah. And so one of the big things that, I, like I always say, like about about him is the fact that he truly knew how to sell something and create, and he truly knew how to re, uh, how to innovate something. And one of the coolest, like, I don't know if you've seen the Steve Jobs movie. Um, there was actually like um, a, a, a tablet or something. Uh, no, it was like a little like electronic notepad that uh, Apple actually sold beforehand. That um, that had a stylus and everything. And Steve Jobs uh, said to uh, the president of Apple at the time before he came back, and he was like, "You know what was the biggest failure of that? You know why that why it was such a failure? Because." You limited them. You limited the, limited them to one stylus when they had five, referring to your hand, using your hand as a stylus instead of using a pencil. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like they they knew <laughs> exactly yeah. what they were getting into. Like a hundred percent. And it's it's mind boggling. One of the things I want to talk about on this topic, and I know the past couple of episodes I've been talking about like meditating and those things. Mm -hmm. And I think like one of the reasons people, I think right now. Because there is so stimulation with your brain, with you know, or I would say to some people, I think there's an over overstimulation with phones, and then there's you know, mm -hmm. everything else, yeah, all, everything all else the, the outside yeah. noises, and just you know, always looking at screens. I do think right now that's one of the that's why one of the benefits of of the meditating thing. I know I, I rep that like every. every <laughs> yeah. episode, yeah. I have I have a actually I have a different form of meditation. Really, <laughs> it's. Uh, I, I did it in, in my classes today. I, 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 for some reason, I, I got inspired. Um, one of the things that uh, is uh, frowned upon in education today is uh, doing things by rote memory. Uh, but there are times when I, I think doing things by rote memory is kind of a form of, I, I, at least I, I can't speak for other people, but I know it, it relaxes me. What do you mean by rote memory? Okay. Um, I'm going to give you guys a test right now. Okay. 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 Repeat after me. 
One hen. One hen. One hen. One hen, two ducks. One, One hen, two, two ducks. ducks. One hen, two ducks, three squawking geese. One hen, two ducks, three squawking geese. One hen, two ducks, three squawking geese, four limerick oysters. Oh, jeez. One I hen, can't even remember two, it, honestly. Three, two no. One, hen, one hen, two, two ducks. ducks. No, he didn't say two ducks. No, yeah. Yep. Oh, three squawking geese, four limerick oysters. Limerick oysters. One hen, two ducks, three squawking geese. Four limerick oysters, five corpulent porpoises. <laughs> One hen, two ducks, three squawking exactly. geese, four limerick oysters, uh, oysters, five, five squawk corporate corpulent corpulent poor porpoises. 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 One hen, two ducks. Oh my god, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I I, I won't I, okay, I'll go through the entire One hen, two ducks, three squawking geese. Four limerick oysters, mm-hmm. five corpulent porpoises, six pair of Don Alverzo's tweezers, seven thousand Macedonian soldiers in full battle array, eight bold brass monkeys from the ancient sacred crypts of Egypt, nine apathetic, sympathetic, diabetic old men on roller skates with a marked propensity towards procrastination and sloth, <laughs> ten lyrical, <laughs> spherical, diabolical denizens of the deep who haul stall about the ancient sacred treasures of the Queequay and the Quiddy all at the same time. <laughs> so that, so what is that? Oh, it's 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 just a memory device. It's, it's, it's something so you just you actually do that to just meditate. You just go through your I, head and I I do it because it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, I first heard it. I first heard it when I was uh, when I was uh, the the. Um, there used to be a show on every night on TV called the Johnny Carson Show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Johnny Carson was a late night TV show, much like uh, Stephen Colbert or what, yeah. you know those guys. But but he was it. He was the he was the king of late night TV. Mm-hmm. Wait, and, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was the one who like he broke like most stereotypes where he was like really himself on oh, TV, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Uh, and um, he would take a vacation every uh, summer for two weeks, um, and one year uh, his uh, and it was 1960. Four, I think, summer of '64. Uh, Jerry Lewis was his replacement, and uh, Jerry Lewis at the time was, you know, he was he was uh, a force of nature. And at one point, he had one of I forget who the guest was, but he had one of his guests. He went through the same routine: mm-hmm. one hen, two ducks, three squirrels. Before threes. going on, I mm-hmm. uh, no no, no uh, on, on air, air on, on air. air on air. And for some strange reason, it it. Stuck in my little. (laughs) (laughs) But that just proves like uh, that's that's pretty special, honestly. Um, Oh, and I got my other my other little trick. What's here? Um, Are you guys into uh, Academy Awards? Vaguely, I would say I watch them. I I, you know tune in every now and then. Okay, um, if you give me the year, wow. I can tell you. So, do you have one of those like photographic memories? No, nah, like... no, I have a Swiss cheese memory. <laughs> there, 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 uh, uh, no, I, I, there are certain things I remember, and there's certain yeah. uh, things that I totally forget. Uh, but you give me the year, and I can tell you which movie won the Best Picture Academy Award. I'm gonna do wow. this. I got a list right here. Okay, I found my dice here enough. But um, all right, so. Specifically, the movies that best movie, the, uh, the best movie that won best picture of best the picture. year. Best picture. All right. Um, two thousand and eight. Uh, Slumdog Millionaire. I forgot that movie actually came out. Two thousand six. Uh, The Departed. 
Wow. Wow. Oh, I'm going to keep going there. 2002. Chicago. 1987. The Last Emperor. 1978. The Deer Hunter. <laughs> and you say it like with no yeah, hesitation like, at all. 1975. <laughs> uh, 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 one Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. That's a great movie. That is a great movie. 1972. That's kind of easy. Oh, that Godfather. Yeah, that's kind of. All right. 1969. Midnight Cowboy. And Midnight Cowboy, by the way, was the only X-rated movie ever to win Best Picture. Why was it X-rated? X-rated, yep. Why was it X-rated? It was about... It was about um, uh, uh, 42nd Street and the, how sleazy everything was back then. Oh. Uh, 1957. One of my all-time favorite Best Pictures, The Bridge on the River Kwai. 1929. Uh, in the very beginning, it was 27, 28, 28, 29. The best picture of 28, 29 was the Broadway Melody. The best picture of 29, 30 was All Quiet on the Western Front. Wow. That's incredible. Wow. <laughs> How did you, you just, on your free time, you just started, well, yeah, obviously you're a movie fanatic. Uh, well, not, 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 uh, I mean, I don't go to the movies uh, yeah. as, well, as much as I should. Afford to go to the movies. But I, I'm telling you, there's one thing I've, I've discovered recently. I, I've told you previously in a previous episode, I have a special uh, proclivity towards really bad movies. I've told you about Robot Monster. Yeah. I've told you about The Creeping Terror. But I've discovered something recently. Uh, it's oh, groundbreaking. Uh, last, last, oh. yeah, uh, potentially, <laughs> potentially groundbreaking. Uh, there's a movie made by James Franco that came out last week called The Disaster Artist. Oh! And it is about the making of the, the movie called The Room. Oh, wait. Did, I, wait, I, you saw the movie already? I, 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 I fear, I, I haven't seen the, I've seen seven <laughs> minutes of it on YouTube, but I, I, I actually, um, I don't know if I'm emotionally prepared to watch the movie in its entirety. No, I so because I've heard this movie is so bad that it could I actually I saw change the trailers my life. And it it looks terrible. It's oh. horrible. What movie? Like, the Room. The Room. It's, the room. It looks now, terrible for our listeners because I, we actually had a discussion while you were on while you were on the phone the other day. We you you would have enjoyed this conversation we we're having in a, in the cafeteria. Uh, so my, so both of our roommates, Nick Fox and, uh, Chris No, uh, we were having a discussion about the room because I was really, I'm really interested in watching the disaster artist and I, we were looking, we were just looking up stuff about it. Yeah. And one of the most interesting things that I, I can't believe, and this is going to, you guys won't guess this. The budget of that movie was $6 million. Guess how much it earned in box office. Jeez. I don't know. Give me, can you at least try to give me well, it's a gonna be, gonna uh, be something. One million dollars. Okay, one million. Go three million. I'm saying 250,000. <laughs> Ultimate low ball. And, drum roll. The box office was 1,900. How? No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is for the, for the rum? Yes. With, with, with James That's Franco incredible. in it? No, no, no. no, no. Oh, so this James Franco movie, movie is is a movie about, about the, the guy who made the, the, the rum. Joseph, I believe his name yeah, is like Joseph. Yeah, he's like Tom Crazy. Yeah. No, Tommy Wiseau. 
Tell me it was due. Yeah. When did this movie come out? The room. Ninety. What? Oh, I I think it was, it was early two thousands. Oh really? It was yeah. in the early two thousands. Yeah. Really? But this guy bad. Tommy Wiseau is this also the star of this movie. Yeah, and he's like a and I saw stupid, seven yeah. minutes. It is astounding. He sounds. He sounds. He sounds terrible. Yeah. Like he doesn't have a lisp or an accent. He has like. Yeah, a, it's it's it's. Like, yeah, he's an alien. Yeah. He's got to be it an alien. It sounds like it's like it's it sounds like it's like painful for him to get. Oh, yeah. Out of his mouth, like the, the actor, would it yeah, star? James yeah. Franco, yeah, it, like, really? yeah, it sounds like he, it, it sounds like he's drunk, but he's not, like, yeah, it sounds yeah. like he just had a stroke and he's drunk at the same time, <laughs> yeah. like, like something just is off, like his yeah. tongue doesn't the, move it, fast enough, doesn't, it doesn't uh, meet the usual standards, yeah, really bad. My usual standards, uh, my usual normal bad movie has to have at least one monster, at least two <laughs> yeah. or three explosions. And a few machine gun battles and, too. So. Wait, the best part about this, I afterward, afterwards, after I found out this number, I looked up how much the disaster artist has earned in the box office already. Yeah, it is six hundred and thirty-one times better, better than the nineteen than the room itself. And well, you know I, I know I, I have to is see get popular. I have yeah. to see the room before I see the disaster. And that's artist. what everyone's gonna do. Yeah. yeah. Which is because yeah. cr- all right. So Vic, my favorite movie ever from a cinematic standpoint, Donnie Darko. Yes. So that movie came out in two thousand one, like mm-hmm. a week after nine eleven. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. every trailer had it advertised as a plane crashing into someone's house. So like oh, everyone's like, all right, sense. yeah, I'm not yeah, seeing yeah, this. No one's. Yeah. And then so it, it did terrible in the box mm-hmm. office, and it was a, it was a cheap, a really cheap film yeah. to yeah. make, and then. It, all of a sudden, like when it was on DVD, it got like a cult following. Yeah. I yeah. have to, I have to, I have to offer my apologies because I still have. I <laughs> no, it's okay. you guys, I'd no, see yeah, Donnie see, Darko. It's, it's on Netflix actually it. now. Yeah, well, that's that. Yeah. Yeah. No use. To <laughs> um, but yeah, and then they re- they re released it in 2003, and it was like a smash hit everywhere. Yeah. And that's what everyone's like. Oh no, it's yeah. not from 2001. Yeah, also, like another thing about the, the room is the fact that like, so you've seen it. I haven't seen it yet, but I've done my research into yeah. it. The f- it. There's one thing that everybody can't wrap their minds around, and they, nobody's figured it out just yet, is who invested $6 million into this movie to a director and writer who they'd never heard of he, they don't know where the but money that's, came that's from. That's what Hollywood like is yeah. sometimes. Because yeah. so. yeah. that's, that's what Donnie Darko was. It was a company that no one ever heard of by a director that no one know who, knew who it was. And they had Jake Gyllenhaal, but after nobody, who, who yeah. was a new a nobody. Yeah. And then yeah, after the film blew back up in two thousand three, he became like super pop. Even now, he's pretty popular. And James, uh, you and Bianca, you guys are you guys know how to do proper film filming and like proper editing. So why would it, in a movie why would they show you things that doesn't that doesn't need to be necessary like people ordering. A, food in front of like the main character i'll give you two reasons <laughs> one because to fill up time two because all right so the director and there's like director and a producer mm-hmm. the director it's it's whatever they want so like the whole movie is the point that they're trying to get across yeah so like all the other people who work for the director are just trying to like fulfill his yeah. vision basically mm-hmm. so like like we talked about the um the shining and how like the apollo yeah. shirt yeah like that like mm-hmm. he was like this needs to happen yeah. like so 
I mean, maybe he like really likes dominoes, so he's like, we need yeah. to have dominoes in this movie. Well, I, 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 I looked it up, and uh, uh, whenever I discover a phenomenon of this nature, I mm-hmm. must I must do my research yeah. and find out more about it. <laughs> so I looked it up on IMDb, and I read some reviews, mm-hmm. and um, some of the reviews were, this is the worst possible movie I've uh, you know, I've ever seen. Wait, for, what know, are you talking about? The Room. Okay. The room. Mm-hmm. But this first review that I read, he said, it goes so far beyond the bounds of normal badness that <laughs> it is mesmerizing. He goes, uh, I have seen this movie 12 <laughs> times and I must see it again. And my, he just can't my, wrap I, his head I, around I, it. And this, mm-hmm. this reviewer said, my dream in life is to eventually purchased by a movie theater where I can show the room continuously for 24 hours a day. <laughs> That's great. So and, someone can figure it out. It's yeah. interesting also the fact that like um, one of the main comments about the disaster artist is like how real, how much of, how like true the story is. It might as well be called a documentary because all the events that happened in that movie are actually legitimate. Like they yep. can't make it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I, I'm going to watch this now. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I watched the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, you can look up. This? There, there was, uh, uh, again, I, I've seen that there's a seven-minute bunch of clips, seven minutes long yeah. on YouTube. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. watch it. But I think and you're right. That that might take the cake for the worst, because it's a it, movie about the worst movie, movie ever. Yeah, yeah. But then again, I still stand by my classics. I, yeah, I, you I got your still top stand ten, by yeah. Robot Monster uh, and and others of yeah. its ilk. Um, I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. doubting your your yeah. knowledge of movies, <laughs> but, especially bad ones. Yeah. But there is a, a there is literally no bounds for what really constitutes a really good bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> and, and um, you said your brother works on movies, right? My brother Steve. Yeah. Yeah. So what's his favorite movie? He doesn't. He doesn't actually. Uh, he's. Uh, uh, he never really watches the movies that because he, he, he works on the movies, so he knows all the tricks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and like a person like me, I love movies because uh, I don't know any of the tricks. Yeah. So I just yeah. I just look at a movie and make believe it's real, and yeah. that's why. What does he do on the? What does he do in terms he's a of camera operator? Right, you said he is a ca- he, He's a he's a camera expert. He does all the that's awesome. The stuff that's on. Awesome uh, I, I think I've I've already told you a couple of stories about him. No, I, don't I think, think one with uh, was it Matthew McConaughey? I don't uh, think I've heard any of these. Yeah, you you uh, you told me a couple. Yeah, that they were there were two stories in particular. One involving Billy Bob Thornton. And oh Matt yeah, Damon. and alcohol, right? Uh no it and uh, bowling oh yeah 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 the bowling game yeah. and Billy Bob Thornton actually sent my brother Steve yeah the, uh, the shoes, a pair right? of bowling shoes yeah. oh um, okay yeah. yeah I remember now and the other one was Matt Damon uh and and uh, my brother Steve got to know Matt Damon while he was filming a movie called All the Pretty Things way back in two thousand oh it's a Cormac McCarthy book right oh, yeah and you know, it, it was shot in really Arizona cool. and that's where they had the uh, bowling party and a couple of years later steve sometimes works sometimes he works on he's the main cameraman for movies uh like he's worked on all the pretty horses he also worked on the uh money pit which is an old steven spielberg Mm -hmm. flick with tom hanks 
Um, he's done something called The Apostle with Robert Duvall that he won mm-hmm. the Best Actor uh, Award in 1997. Wow. Um, but he worked with that, but he also works on, he does, they, they, they call it secondary camera work. Uh, in addition to the main camera works, there's specific cameras, uh, specific crews that film scenes like chase scenes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and they're called secondary units. So my brother Steve, he lives in Ridgefield, Connecticut. So he he could, he'll do work regularly in the city. Yeah. So uh, they needed. Yeah. So he was uh, on a secondary crew for one of the Matt Damon movies, and um, when he was working on all the pretty uh, uh, horses, all the pretty horses, um, the producer was um, a royal pain in the neck. And, uh, <laughs> I forget his actual name. Call him John Smith. Yeah. You know. And uh, he was, uh, he was, he tormented everybody on stage. It was just, uh, you, you would, you know, it was just a really bad experience with this yeah. guy. Um, years later, uh, my brother Steve was called in to do secondary camera work on one of the Mac Damon, Jason Bourne movies. Oh, wow. And this, it was a chase scene, and it was filmed down by the, in downtown Manhattan, by the uh, uh, South Street Seaport. Mm-hmm. And it was a chase scene involving a car. Uh, evolving a sports car, and when they, they, they when they actually do chase scenes, they never. Uh, what they usually do is they get they get the whatever the car is, and they put it on top of a trailer, and they have cameras underneath the trailer, so you can see close ups of the star, you know, and they they'll drive the trailer around so it looks as if the car is moving, okay. and then they 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 jazz it up with special effects, and so. Uh, in the movie, it looks as if the car is swimming down the street. That, when actually it's on top of a trailer, and there were a bunch of cameramen underneath the trailer uh, with the cameras, uh, okay. underneath uh, actually underneath them looking into the car, and um, uh, it was February and it was bitterly cold, so everyone was dressed up like Eskimos, mm-hmm. except for Matt Damon because he was he he had to yeah, make believe it was warm, you know. And um, he's Jason Bourne, baby. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, there was nobody. My brother Steve is is he doesn't, you know, he's 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 not like a guy who's uh, he's he's uh, probably the most down to earth person that I've ever known, and he just takes things as they come. He doesn't go, well, well, I got to go meet Matt Damon or I got to do that, you know. He just takes things, you know, and he's he's just a regular guy. Yeah, you know. So he's not he he doesn't uh, he 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 remembered of course Matt Damon from. The movie in 2000, mm-hmm. uh, but Matt Damon's up there and he goes, uh, he goes, wow, it sure is cold up here. <laughs> and my brother Steve and we're all dressed out, so he couldn't recognize any of the cameramen. And uh, so my brother Steve just decided to yell out, "It could be worse. John Smith could be the producer." <laughs> and Matt Damon goes, "Steve, is that you?" <laughs> 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 that's awesome. Recognize that's him hilarious. After, so after great. Years. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's uh, awesome. How long has he been working in, um, you know, in, in Hollywood? Well, in Hollywood. Oh, you don't well he's been he's been working on movies since the early 1980s. Yeah. Oh, Did uh, he go to school for that? Uh, he uh, mostly learned. A, he got a master's degree from NYU, but it wasn't in camera. My, my brother Steve is, uh, uh, his his brains are in his hands. He can basically virtually do anything with his hands. It's like a handyman. I was yeah. going to ask you if your brother, do you have one brother or two brothers? I have two brothers and a sister. I was going to, did any of your other siblings go to Notre Dame? 
Uh, I was the only one who went to Notre Dame. Yeah. Nice. Um, uh, both my brothers went to NYU. And um, did you, you went to um, St. Anthony's, right? Or Chaminade? Chaminade. Chaminade. Yeah, I went to Chaminade and then Notre yeah. Dame. And my sister went to um, oh, Marymount College up in Tarrytown. Oh, nice. Uh, um, one of my questions for you before we kind of went on this, you know, you know, tangent, but um, I mentioned about reading. Yeah. So I grew, I grew up reading books. Who, who do you read? What do you read? Well, my latest, I, I told, I, I used to, I read voraciously when I was a kid. Uh, I read all the Hardy Boys novels. No, I read Yeah. No, and I, w- I would read every single book I could find about astronomy. Yeah. Uh, I, I probably knew about as much astronomy back when I was seven years old as I am teaching it right now. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, and my, <laughs> my other That's big hilarious. thing, my other big love, I, 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 I also grabbed every single book I could find about dinosaurs. Oh yeah, remember you <laughs> said you loved dinosaurs. Love dinosaurs. Yeah. And my, my the nuns in, in, in grammar school they used to they used to just uh, whenever we had show and tell, I would bring these these little plastic uh, no these little clay um, dinosaurs that they used to sell in the five and Woolworths the five and ten cent store, mm-hmm. and the nuns would just shake their head and he goes oh my god, uh, <laughs> sorry Robert is dragging his dinosaurs out again. <laughs> That's funny. Did they ever uh, you know it being a Catholic school? Do they ever like you know maybe I don't know how what they're teaching you on like evolution and things like that. But I, you know I'm not very religious myself. But I'm just saying, do they ever look at dinosaurs and be like uh uh, there was there wasn't that big a fuss about evolution when when I went through grammar school. By then, I, I think the big the 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 big controversy about um, evolution was when they had the Scopes trial back in whenever that was. I think it was in the nineteen uh, twenties. Yeah. Uh, by by the time I went to grammar school, uh, the uh, people who uh, um, we uh, I I I pretty much learned evolution, yeah. The way you know, it, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. should be. I, guess. I, I I learned evolution and not creationism. Yeah, yeah. I didn't uh, know if maybe there's a conflict there. Oh yeah. Uh, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't really apparent because um, we were basically when we were in grammar school we were basically too afraid to think for ourselves because we <laughs> because it, yeah you didn't want to get hit by a nun yeah you know, the last thing you wanted to, i i told you my stories about that yeah 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 uh especially sister jeremiah you, you she was want, a brutal one you, you, yeah you do not you did not want to get into the yeah, you in, said she, on she the wrong hard, side right? on the wrong side yeah. of sister jeremiah <laughs> yeah um, but we learned um we uh uh we were very brought up in Roman Catholicism, you know, and that. So, are you Roman Catholic? Is that what you practice? Yes, I, I because Saint Bridget's Grammar School is Roman Catholic. Yeah. Chaminade's Roman Catholic. Yeah, I'm Roman Catholic. And Notre Dame. Yeah, it's is Roman Catholic. Roman Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I pretty much see yeah. that. And, uh, um, uh, yeah, ba- basically, I. Uh, Do you ever go to the football games? Uh, I went to the North Carolina game this year. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Who did they just lose to this past week? They just they lost. Okay. They they. Well, as far as I'm concerned, the season was a success, if for the only reason that they 
beat the living daylights out of Southern Cal. That, that's all you want to do <laughs> every single Miami, year. Though? Oh, Miami. Well, yeah. Because I, I thought because Dylan, Notre my Dame, roommate, was telling me like if you said if if Notre Dame loses to Miami, you weren't coming to class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. There, there, it was a worse loss than the Alabama game in 2012. It was, yeah. it was oh, pathetic. That game was. Yeah. Was that pathetic. game was crazy. Yeah, they after. They destroyed Southern Cal, and then the following week they destroyed North Carolina State, which was, was supposed to be a very good team. But then after that, the next four games, they beat Wake Forest, but they looked bad in the fourth quarter. And they were destroyed by Miami the mm-hmm. following week. They they beat Navy, but they were lucky to beat Navy. Yeah. And then they lost. There was that disgusting loss to, um, to Stanford last weekend <laughs> I actually have a question since uh, you grew up uh, still roughly you grew up and went to Catholic school for most of your life uh, how did you were they did they actually teach you uh, Latin and if if they did how much do you actually remember of it I took two years of Latin in um, uh, in high school mm-hmm. okay and in uh, since it is now the um, Christmas season I will now sing jingle bells in Latin. Sana tu, sana tu, tin tin Impressive. Yep, that uh, is. That, is, uh, that, is that is that all? Is that like your big? Uh, uh, was that like the final test senior year <laughs> or something? Was well, well, <laughs> that a Christmas song in Latin? <laughs> Latin is the uh, Latin. Latin is almost like math. Mm-hmm. It's it's very uh, it's very structured, and um, I had. Uh, uh, I had my freshman year. Um, my Latin teacher was a brother by the name of Brother Brother Peretti, Brother Anthony C. Peretti. Uh, brother Peretti was six and a half feet tall, um, not an ounce of fat on him, and we learned Latin uh, and we learned it the right way. Yeah. And at one point, I, I was I was very lucky because I was successful in my Latin classes and I got good marks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there was a one of my poor um, classmates was a guy by the name of Chuck Trippy, um, and uh, at one point uh, during our Latin recitations, uh, Chuck raised his hand and said, uh, "And Brother Peretti, by the way, would walk around with." A yardstick, in just a case. And you would smash, you know, <laughs> slap the yardstick. <laughs> and this was back when corporal punishment was not questioned. You know, now you <laughs> oh, now you God. can't do it in school, yeah, but yeah. it was totally, especially by the Marianist brothers at Jamadad. You did not yeah. want to cross those guys at all either. Do you think uh, that that benefited your learning? Well, the um, it uh, I I I'm. Uh, I got most of my academic training at Chaminade. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, unfortunately, while I was in Notre Dame, I, I learned how to drink, so <laughs> I was on my own. But in Chaminade, in Chaminade, it was very structured, and I, I adapted well to it, and I did. I was very successful at Chaminade. But this poor guy, Chuck Trippy, he raises his hand and says, "Brother Peretti, 
I don't understand <laughs> any of this stuff. <laughs> and Brother Peretti, this look of fury, absolute fury, <laughs> and he walks up to Chuck's table and he raises his hand, he raises the yardstick and he slams the oh! yardstick down on the desk. He doesn't hit Chuck, uh, slams it down on the desk the and, goes, and goes, that is not stuff. <laughs> that is Latin. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, one last thing I wanted to ask you, um, in terms of, like the Notre Dame football games, like, oh yeah, is like the atmosphere like the same when you went there and went to a game, and like now when you go back and go to a game, is it like so like you know the same crowd, uh, same feeling? My friend Brian uh, put it um, very very adaptly. Back in I I had uh, been away from Notre Dame for a long time because I was teaching. I, I I fell out of touch with. The friends that I hung up, uh, hung out with mm -hmm. at Notre Dame. There were about <laughs> ten of us, and we've always stayed close to each other. But there was a long period of time when I was just off doing my thing in Jersey, and mm -hmm. we lost contact. Uh, by the wonders of the internet, uh, I reconnected with these guys, and we went to a game back in 2003, Brigham Young. Now, when I went to Notre Dame, it was all male. Yeah. The year after I graduated. It turned. Uh, it, it turned co-ed. The year after you graduated. Yeah, and I think <laughs> one of the reasons why uh, it was it, it was at that particular time was uh, I think Father Esberg said, "Let's wait till search graduates. It'll be okay to make a co-ed." <laughs> so at any rate, we went um, to this game in 2003, and my brother, uh, my my friend Brian, just looked at me and he said. You know, back when we went to these games, it was like prison camp, and and now now it's ultimate party city. You know, all, yeah. uh, Notre Dame is is a fantastic tailgate. I mean, they oh, they, yeah. uh, uh, they do you guys they tailgate know. when you go? When oh we went yeah, to, when oh, North Carolina yeah. with, with the young kids. <laughs> yeah, um, booze with, with the kids. With every, well, with, yeah, there's with like everybody. there's just, a I know uh, Notre Dame is like very good with their alumni, and they treat the alumni very well. Yeah, and, and then the do alumni, you go back for alumni weekend? Uh, I went. I went back. Uh, I'm coming up on my in nineteen, in two thousand nineteen. That is going to be my sixtieth. Oh. I graduated in sixty nine. Wow. I think because I went to my fiftieth one back in. Uh, no, that was the fortieth back in nineteen ninety nine. Or no, I'm sorry. That my arithmetic is my. Earth is bad. 1999 minus 1969. That's 30 years. I went to yeah. my 30 year reunion, and I didn't see any of the guys that I hung up, hung out with. Yeah. Um, but I've reconnected with these guys, and we've gone to a game every year since 2003. Oh, that's, wow, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And uh, he said, uh, he said, uh, my friend Brian just looked at me, and she, and, she, and he said. Man, back when we were here, back in the '60s, it was like boot camp. Just a bunch of guys everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, uh, you want it on, uh, even though it was raining. Okay, uh, at the Brigham Young game, uh, we got in there. You, you have to get it. You have to get there kind of early because it get it really gets crowded. So mm -hmm. it was kind of raining, and there were a couple of off-campus apartments that we drove by. And this is 10.30 in the morning. The mm -hmm. game was at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. 10.30 in the morning, I see these two guys uh, out in front of one of the dorm apartments. 
uh, doing a keg throw. That just set the tone for everything else that yeah. night. Oh. It was, it, it was uh, uh, How about, uh, I want to get a Notre Dame fan's perspective on 2012, the whole, remember the whole Manti Teo thing? I, that was so bizarre. I personally believe that the reason why we looked so bad against it, because as you know, because we were the number one, we yeah, graduated with year. A, we graduated with an undefeated season, mm-hmm. and Mentateo was the primary reason why that happened. Because yeah, he, he was awesome. there were there were goal line stands. I mean, there were games that we it was like a, the the Pittsburgh game was like a triple overtime, and we we won those games. Um, constantly. I mean, we, 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 it was an undefeated season. And then in December, the big scandal about the fake girlfriend. Oh, and was so and it was, it was so bizarre. And I really, I really think that had an effect on it. I'm sure it did. Well, I remember just, you know, diving into that story and just, the, and the more you learned about it, like the weirder it yeah. got. Oh, and yeah. it wasn't even like, I, I mean, obviously, well, I know his intentions might've been bad because he was, Making up the the fake girlfriend with the fake, you know, uh, the cancer, whatever. She, he said there was some sort of thing where. Oh yeah, it, it, it just got. It was weird. Really yeah. bizarre. Yeah, I was just curious. I, I just uh, it so was I think it was changed sad. His story about it. Like, yeah, a few times. but then yeah. like he, there was like a fake Facebook made. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, but I I really think that that had a, a very. They probably still would have lost the Alabama game, but they looked. I yeah. mean, they looked. Yeah, they were just out of it. Yeah, that, 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 I'll never the the first series, uh, Alabama got the ball, and uh, Notre Dame was during that season they were famous for their red zone defense. Yeah, they in other words, you couldn't uh, if you got within the twenty yard line of uh, of of the other of the goal, uh, you couldn't score mm-hmm. because Notre Notre Dame they they had a fantastic red zone defense. Uh, Alabama's first play was a 50-yard pass uh, that got them to the 20-yard line. And their next play was a running play in the red zone. Uh, And the running back, I forget his name, ran 20 yards into the end zone virtually untouched. And that that said it all. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Was it Derrick Henry, I think, back then? Yeah. yeah. I think it was Derrick Henry. And that, yeah, like like you were just saying, it said it all, meaning like, their whole season, all those goal line stands, just, just walking just, in untouched in the national championship. Like th- that's when it's like, all right, it's over. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, it is. I couldn't imagine that from like a fan, a diehard fan point of view. It's probably <clears throat> devastating to see on TV. But I lived through the. Uh, there was a, a game way back in 1966 called the Game of the Century, between Notre Dame and Michigan State, mm-hmm. and the both teams were. Uh, there were, I think, there were more all stars uh, on uh, all Americans on both team teams combined than have ever been on a single football field before. Wow! And um, and, and from the beginning of the 1966 season, uh, it it built and built and built, and uh, and it was I, I've never seen, you know. The type of press coverage and everything—it was—it was literally—it was the. There have been many games of the century since then, but that was that was the first really big one. Yeah. That, uh, and it was uh, it was the one that wound up being a 10-10 tie. 
Wow. And um, yeah, that's when you could actually tie football games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, real quick before we wrap up here, oh, let's hear the uh, the Bob Surge college football playoff prediction. Who's gonna win it all? Do you think? Well, I certainly hope Notre Dame beats LSU. Because the, oh, yeah. they're 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 in a garbage bowl. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry, my apologies. The, the citrus bowl. <laughs> um, um, okay, we, uh, let's see. Clemson, Alabama. Yeah. You know that's going to be a. I think that's going to be a toss up because it's going to be, be like the same too. That, that, yeah. That'll that'll be the game. I think whoever wins that game is going to beat yeah. either Oklahoma that's or Georgia. Dylan. Mm-hmm. My roommate, he's he's oh, keeps saying like Alabama Clemson is the real national championship game. Like probably that well, should just the, be it. It's the third year in a row they're having a rematch. You know, yeah. obviously, and it's been. I think it's a really good game. I th- I mean, I personally, I think uh, I think Bama is going to win that one. But I want to mm-hmm. hear your. Oh, between Bama and Clemson, like I said, I, I think it's going to be a, a toss up. Yeah. Let's see, Alabama won two years ago. Clemson won last year, so it's probably all been crazy Alabama's finishes. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, what about the Oklahoma? Was Oklahoma versus well, uh, uh, Ohio? Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Well, I hope Georgia win, wins because uh, Notre Dame only lost to Georgia by one point. So I, I'd go with Georgia. Yeah. Or, or better yet, uh, that that revenge. Maybe maybe Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But all right. I mean, I think you know we're uh, we could keep going here for another hour, but uh, um. Thank you for coming on, Professor. Okay, I, well, I, I'm sorry. Uh, the, the next time you have me, I will not be so rambling. No, no, we love it. Yeah, we love it. Yeah, we. I love listening yeah. to you talk. It just um, makes me feel like a genius. Yeah, man. I mean, anytime you want to come on. Um, yeah. So now you know that you know we're gonna be we're in the back studio just to you know. So I know last time you were saying you were confused because you saw someone else different, different in the front studio. Oh yeah, now I know better. Yeah, now, now we're in the back better. studio. So. Uh, are you guys gonna have a Christmas show? Yeah, we yeah we we, we can. Next so, week, uh, if you want. Yeah. When, well, when's the, uh, the semester's go? What's going to be a schedule after the end of the semester? After the end of the semester, well, we're, we're we pre-record this and we put this on. This is on iTunes and, and SoundCloud okay. and stuff like that. Um, so really, we could do a Christmas special whenever we feel like it. All right. How about next week this time? Yeah. 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 That's Let's perfect. Okay, because yeah. I For will. Because sure. I, I, on that occasion, I will wear uh, my. Christmas sweater. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to see it. I, I have bought a special Christmas sweater for the season. Did you really? Oh. Uh, an ugly sweater? In spite of my wife's protest. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have my Christmas sweater, and I shall wear it next Wednesday. All right. Looking Sounds forward to seeing it. Yeah. Uh, again, you've been listening to the Roundup Podcast. Uh, James Zawinicki, Nick Bianco, Victor Marte, and Professor Bob Search. Um, make sure to give us a subscription on SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, Give us a review, etc. Tell your friends. We will see you guys next week. You either working or you slanging on my block. You had to hustle, that's how we was raised on my block. And you stayed on your